Good evening, everyone. My name is Ali, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, this, uh, these phone call um, OA meetings are somewhat of a mystery to me because I spoke a few nights ago at the same number, and I'm never sure if I'm speaking to the same uh, 20, 30 people or different. Uh, but uh, uh, if you've heard my story before, great. If this is your first time, welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, and also welcome to uh, newcomers uh, who are in the early stages of finding their recovery, your recovery. So I'm Ali, a compulsive overeater. I came into this program uh, 39 years ago, August of uh, 1984. Uh, I am a 100 pounder. I've lost 130 or 40 pounds or so. Um, my high weight was 285, and but when I came into program, I was about 235 because I had lost 130 or so pounds on my own, and uh, without ever having heard of Overeaters Anonymous. And then I was on my way back up. And uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, if you once you've lost 100 and some odd pounds and are fast putting it all back, uh, the climb up is devastating and uh, and wounding and uh, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization is the landscape in which that uh, upward journey is uh, based. So, yeah, I'm glad to be here, grateful to be here, 39 years of abstinence. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I uh, do sponsor, um, and I, I have to say that I just have not in 39 years understood how uh, someone gets abstinent or even how to get someone abstinent, just don't know how to do that. That step one is such a uh, individualized journey into uh, pain and despair. And I do, uh, uh, you know, the big book, Bill W., uh, who was uh, the main author of the big book, um, does talk about pain being the touchstone. So I'm one who believes that that somehow we need to touch. And of course, I'm speaking from my own experience. Others will have different points of views, and, and that's what makes this program so beautiful. There are many ways to come at it, and... Uh, uh, to find recovery in it. Uh, but for me, uh, the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization that has to be faced is an individual journey. Um, for me, it was 285 uh, and on the way back up to uh, to that number. For my sponsor, it was, uh, you know, 40 or 50 pounds. Uh, uh, over uh, his quote-unquote normal weight. 
I just and for others it's bulimia and uh, and anorexia. For me, it was uh, bulk binging uh, at uh, at levels that were, in looking back, just so scary. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah. And if you're here, uh, the likelihood of having experienced some level of uh, pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization um, uh, possibility that you've at least tasted it, smelled it, saw it, felt it is is pretty high. So uh, my hat's off to you. Um, yeah, it's a terrible disease. It's it's a suffocating disease, emotionally suffocating, psychologically, physically, and uh, spiritually. So um, tonight, uh, and I'm assuming someone would just let me know when there's five minutes left to go. I would appreciate that. Uh, I I'm feeling. Um, nostalgic uh, and I miss my sponsor so I will um, who was my sponsor for 37 years of my 39 years in my in Overeaters Anonymous he uh, died at the age of 98 uh, several two years ago two and a half years ago and of course, uh, being my sponsor for 37 years, he walked me through a lot of life, and I do miss him uh, a lot. So tonight, um, I'd like to give some homage to Bob Lawn, uh, who, who, um, when I asked him a year into my program, it was uh, sometime around uh, April or May of two, of 1985. He sat behind me, and I turned around uh, and I asked uh, if he would be my sponsor. And his response to me was, "I've been waiting for you." And um, uh, I I knew that I could learn something from this wise man, a World War II veteran who had seen a lot of life himself, and uh, uh, some. 30 years older than me, who I knew could offer me insights into um, into living life, uh, in, uh, what, what Bill W. calls emotional sobriety, spiritual sobriety, and spiritual space. The assumption, of course, is that uh, I had to be abstinent um, and... Uh, because I was the kind of compulsive uh, overeater, 100-pounder, that if I ate, if I binged, everything else was out the window. My life became so small, so claustrophobic. Its only focus was how to eat more and how to pass out and pray and hope that there would be just another more tiny space in my stomach to eat more when I woke. So so the assumption was that I needed to be abstinent. And of course, um, 
in that first year, I learned how to be abstinent in Overeaters Anonymous. And through my first sponsor, um, Alex, who took me, uh, who taught me how to read the big book, who taught me how to be abstinent, who taught me how to pray. And uh, and so, uh, Bob, then, from those words, uh, I've been waiting for you, took me through 37 years. I, I referred to Bob probably 30 years into the program uh, as the father I... Um, uh, uh, I should have had. Uh, should is not the right word. I, I, uh, the father I needed, or uh, uh, my earthly father, maybe. Um, and uh, he literally taught me how to live uh, life. Uh, gave me the language, and I didn't know that 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 you needed language. The language of of uh, navigating uh, life, uh, uh, and uh, and and although I refer to him as uh, a father, my father, he taught me how to forgive my birth father. So it was always done with great integrity and dignity and grace. He taught me that the end and the means are the same. The end and the means are the same. So uh, uh, if the end is is love and uh, kindness and courtesy and patience and gratitude, then the means is the same. Love, gratitude, patience, kindness. And um, and forgiveness, and so he modeled for me the means to achieving greater peace, more dignity, more uh, grace, and uh, how to forgive my father, and uh, uh, who I did not have a safe relationship with. And, and today I do love my father, uh, my birth father, and uh, because of uh, the encouragement uh, to forgive. And uh, even though for 20 some odd years I would resist it, he always, always invited me into the realm of forgiveness. Um, and what I found is that forgiveness is uh, a way to set myself free, is a way to expand my imagination because non-forgiveness, way of constricting life, it, it can, we can think oftentimes of forgiveness as targeted. I... I can't forgive this person for what they did to me. So it it begins with a very narrow and focused um, intention towards a person or a situation or institution, this person. But what I've discovered is 
its impact on my life is not targeted, it's generalized. So what happens with non-forgiveness, with anger, with rage, with, with um, uh, victimhood, is that it, is manif- it manifests in my relationships with my colleagues, with my family, with my children, with my child. Uh, so in other words, uh, my, uh, the pain of non-forgiveness is experienced um, as a general, as a generalized uh, experience, right? That, that it, it takes in the entirety of my life. I can't target non-forgiveness and anger it affects my relationships uh, in every arena of my life. And he taught me um, uh, how to find more ways to be kind, to be loving, to be courteous, to be patient, uh, to be tolerant, uh, to trust. Uh, One of the great teachings um, was to trust life to trust life, to trust, to say yes to life. As a, as a 285-pounder, my, my MO was to be afraid of life, to say no to life, to stay on the couch, to close the blinds and the windows and to watch TV. And he taught me that if I say yes to life, that your higher power, my higher power, God, um, uh, brings into my experience, my my um, my journey, experiences that I need to fulfill that yes, um, uh, and um, and of course every time I say I'd be scared to death, it didn't matter what it was. Um, from the little things to big uh, ideas, big hopes and dreams, uh, scared to death. And and he taught me uh, that this power we find in step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That he taught me to trust the depth and breadth of this power, the fidelity of this power. Uh, uh, its loyalty, its unconditional love, uh, but that I could only access it by saying yes to life. I had to engage with life. One of the things I found out about Just coming in... Here you have five minutes. Thank you. One of the things I found uh, out in uh, when I got abstinent is that in the... In, in, Somewhere deep down in my gut, sparks began to fly as to uh, prompting me to have experiences. Uh, one of the earliest ones was, I want to get more education. So he, he held my hand as I said yes to a master's degree, as I said yes to a doctorate. And uh, 
he taught me that, uh, you know, one of the things that happens as a compulsive reader, as an addict, is uh, hopes and dreams come into our consciousness. And the first thing the disease does is launches into um, ways in which these hopes and dreams can't be material can't materialize can't be manifested it finds all kinds of reasons um, you'll never be accepted the application is too long how are you going to write a uh, essay story about why you're interested um, uh, you're going to fail taking that first course there's no, you're never going to finish there's not a voice in the head that seems to align with desire with hope uh, that germinates when we put the food down right it has no uh, so so giving me the confidence to sit down and do the footwork right we hear it all the time do the footwork and uh, and of course um, Yes, I did get accepted. Yes, I did pass the courses. Yes, I did have to show up. And showing up to class is no different than showing up to an OA meeting, right? How many times did I not want to show up? And what I heard in program, what my sponsor taught me is to, if I bring myself, if I take my ass to the meetings, my mind will follow, right? Simple instructions that, for, for some reason, eluded me. Uh, same with my profession, right? Uh, reaching the heights of my profession in my own, in my own silo. Um, uh, getting married, raising a child. Um, uh, later on, having experiences like I wanted to uh, be out in nature. And he taught me uh, that it is possible to use God, to use my higher power, to use the second and third step to do what I wanted to do, hike Mount Whitney, the highest peak in the contiguous United States, or to hike the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in the Andes, a four-day grueling hike um, up to 13,500 feet or to hike portions of the Camino de Santiago in northern Spain, uh, a spiritual uh, hike in in northern Spain. And uh, to do that, even when my mind wanted to say no, right, to say yes to life, to show up and let God handle the details. That's one of the greatest lessons he taught me. Make the decision and let God handle the details. Because as a compulsive overeater addict, I want to, one of the most important early lessons he taught me was, um, if you wait for the guarantees, you'll never get off the couch. So make the decision and let God handle the details. Yeah, the details will show up. The I'm reminded at time. Thank you. 
um, the gentle, the 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 the, the breadcrumbs. God will place the breadcrumbs in front of you. You'll know the path. Trust step two. Trust your meditation. He taught me how to meditate. Taught me how to meditate in 1985, and I still meditate 39 years, 38 years uh, later. So my uh, hope for you is to keep coming back. That's the essence. Is to, no matter what, no matter what, is to keep showing up for the mystery of this program and the mystery of a higher power in the workings and the details of our lives. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Uh, and I... Uh, Turn the meeting over to uh, capable hands.